the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above all the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will say now, peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek thy good. The word of God for the people of God. So our, this Advent opens with the lectionary readings that were from Isaiah, which we heard. We did not hear the, one, the reading from Romans, which is found in Romans 13, verse 11 through 14. And we also didn't read the gospel lesson, which is found in Matthew chapter 24, through 30, verse 36 through 44. But all of these verses referred to sacred time. And so the message I bring to you this morning is entitled, The Case for an Unhurried Life. There was a time in my life when I referred to myself as an adrenaline addict. I was working in the operating room eight to 10 hours a day, often on call at night, and even when I wasn't on call, I could receive a call at 2 or 3 a.m. saying, we need additional help because we have a trauma or more than one operating room going at the same time. It was a fast-paced job with a lot of pressure for being perfect. And I spent the majority of my nursing career in the operating room. And toward the end of my nursing career, I took a different position, and it was in pre-testing. Well, this was totally different. And I have to tell you, I was in that job 10 years, but it took me several years after I moved to this slower pace job to adjust. I missed the pressure, the demands, and that high that I felt from the adrenaline rush of being in that pressure cooker environment. The main goal of my talk this morning is that we each must reassess the way we spend our time so that we can find a healthier, 
holier lifestyle. We need to learn how to manage our daily activities in such a way that it makes space for loving God and for loving others. So let's open with prayer. O Emmanuel, God with us, truly in this Advent season, we celebrate that you are not hidden in some faraway cloud, but you chose to be with us in the blur and mystery of our lives. In the midst of lists and rush, you are with us as a song that echoes in our minds, as the light of a candle, as a card from a friend. There are signs of your presence, and we turn to you this season and pray that you would birth joy and healing, blessing and hope in us. Let something wonderful begin in us, something surprising and holy, and may your hand be upon us. Let your love fill us, let your joy overwhelm us, and let our longing for you be met on a coming holy night. Emmanuel with us once again. Amen. We live in a hustle mentality from jam-packed schedules, workaholism, addiction to our phones, our lives are filled up to the brim every moment of the day, and even when we have time to rest. For some of us, our go-to form of relaxation may consist of scrolling through social media platforms, binging on TV, or replying to the millions of notifications on our phones. Well, how is this impacting our life? We live in an outraged culture, we, which is evidenced by so much gun violence. There's a lot of chronic anxiety, an epidemic of burnout, a rise of loneliness, and we see that the suicide rate continues to go up. The breakdown of the family and the social cohesion, and then finally, political polarization. Well, the Bible says that busyness leads to doubt and spiritual disconnection from God. The psalmist in Psalm 4610, which by the way is, I didn't know, but it's our memory verse for this week, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This verse tells us that there is a direct link to being still and knowing that God is truly God. If we are too busy for God, our stillness before the Lord will vanish along with peace. Well, during Jesus' earthly ministry, he himself escaped the busyness of the crowds occasionally to renew his strength. And if you read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 31, it says, Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to his disciples, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. 
The great philosopher Dallas Willard called hurry the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Eliminating hurry or business busyness from our lives is the key to enhancing our spiritual lives. Do you ever feel like you're overwhelmed with hurry? Unable to complete everything on your to-do list? What keeps you the busiest? Corey Ten Boom, who helped many Jews with the Nazi Holocaust in World War II, said, if the devil can't make you bad or sin, he will make you busy. Busyness or hurry and sin have similar effects. They cut off the soul from its life source, or God. Chronic busyness can sideline our relationship with God. So in what ways have you seen busyness or negatively impact your relationship with God? In what ways has a full schedule stripped time from activities like prayer and reading the Bible? In this quest to do all and be all, costing us our physical, sometimes mental, and spiritual health, at one time or another, many of us have experienced what Gardner Merchant calls hurry sickness. Merchant was a contract caterer, and he conducted research on about 10,000 people in the UK in order to assess the developing needs of British businesses. Psychologists use this as a diagnosis now, hurry sickness. They, they use it saying that it's a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming continual sense of urgency. Or another definition can be a malaise or a disease in which the person feels chronically short of time, and so they tend to perform every task faster and they get flustered when they encounter any kind of delay. Does any of this sound familiar to you? To add to this, our rapidly expanding technology, which we know changes daily and is always increasing, is supposed to improve our lives by making things easier and providing us with time to relax. Well, smartphones have blessed us in ways to communicate in instantly, and we now, when we use our computers or whatever you use and a search engine, we can get our questions answered, it seems like, before we even ask them. And the technology does help us keep up with growing demands. But technology becomes part of the problem that we are feeling, not the solution. And in our uber-fast, uber-techno world, we are experiencing an epidemic of hurry sickness. Spare time, you may ask, what's that? Well, there used to be this thing called spare time, which was greatly anticipated and enjoyed by those who had it. 
It was just a few decades ago that people cherished their spare time. Well, this is going to sound really old, but I'm sure there's people in this crowd that will remember these days, some of the younger people not. After the clothes were hung up to dry on the clothesline, the dishes were washed by hand, the family's one and only car cleaned, the dinner cooked, and for some they even took the rugs outside and beat them with a broom. Then maybe the family would enjoy a drive-in movie, an afternoon of bowling, miniature golf, or even go on a picnic together. I see a lot of heads nodding, so you do remember those times. Do you suffer from hurry sickness? If you suspect you suffer, either occasionally or chronically, you probably do. So I'm going to give you some symptoms or some clues to know whether or not you're suffering. Well, the first one is that you treat everything like a race. Well, we know that some situations make us move with haste, like when we have a deadline at work, or we're going to the airport to catch a flight. But others, however, do not. So people with hurry sickness have trouble differentiating between the hustle when it's necessary and when it isn't. So you might find yourself treating even small everyday tasks like shopping, eating, or even driving as if it's a race. And any delay may cause feelings of anxiety. Or you may find it impossible to do just one task at a time. That was my situation when I changed jobs because in the operating room I was always multitasking. So when you're dealing with hurry sickness, multitasking is your MO. In fact, focusing on just one task, even just for a short time, feels unbearable to you. Well, what about this symptom? You get highly irritable when you encounter any kind of delay like standing in line at the bank. Not many of us do that anymore, I think. Occasionally. But what about going to the checkout lane when you're trying to buy your groceries? Are you the kind of person who looks at every checkout lane? Which one is the shortest? Which one is moving the fastest? So let me take this one. No, let me switch over here. And then if they don't move as fast, you get irritated. Or perhaps it's when you have to wait in the doctor's office for an appointment. Or what about this one, getting stuck in traffic? Or even coming to a stop sign. So you're looking, oh, should I stay in this lane? Should I go to this lane? Should I go to this lane? And when there is this delay, it really gets your blood boiling. We know there's a lot of road rage out there right now, right? I'm sure they have hurry sickness. Well, are you the kind of person who closes the door button in an elevator repeatedly? Just, you don't want to waste any time, so even if it makes you look silly, you just keep pushing the button. 
A fourth symptom would be that you feel perpetually behind schedule. Like when you're dealing with hurry sickness, there never seems to be enough hours in the day even to accomplish what you need to do. And no matter how much you get done, you always feel like you're playing catch up. The last symptom is much more serious. You're the kind of person that either interrupts or talks over people. Perhaps your impatience isn't just limited to long lines and traffic jams. It can spill over into personal relationships, too. And you may not intend to be rude, but maybe you've been told that you have a habit of cutting people off in mid-sentence. The overwhelming anxiety and stress that you feel from taking on too much may play a role in our mental and physical health. And when this happens, you may notice physical effects such as fatigue, headaches, and believe it or not, even a low immune system. The results of a hurried life and compulsive overworking is emotional numbness. Using escapist behaviors like scrolling through Instagram, Again, binging on TV, or in my case, it used to be binging on food, as a distraction from our hurriedness instead of cultivating true rest. So what kind of escapist behaviors tempt you when you need to disconnect from the busyness of life? And in what ways have these escapes distracted you rather than giving you the rest that you need. What could it look like for you to readjust your busiest day next week? What activities or demands could you cut out of your schedule? Well, I want to challenge you to begin this week with intentionality in either reading or memorizing our Bible verse, and also to pray for Pastor Michelle's healing throughout the day. Well, now I want you to take in a deep breath, so everyone breathe in deeply, let it out, and hear these words from Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe the struggles you're facing have seemed far too difficult for a long time now. Maybe you feel stuck and tired. If it's hard to see what God is doing and how he could ever use a situation for good in your life, be assured 
that he is able. He is near you in every difficult situation and right in the heat of hard times, he's hiding you under his wings. You may not be even fully aware, but he is watching over you constantly and he reminds us in his word that nothing is too difficult for him. His power is greater than what we face, and he will lift us out of the place where we feel stuck, because he has new places for us to walk. He's giving us fresh hope, new purpose, and renewed strength today. And we can stop looking backwards because we're not going that way. And may God help us to listen for his voice behind us saying, this is the road, walk in it. And now I have one more verse that I want you to claim for yourself this week from words from Jesus found in the Gospel of John, verse 14, verse, chapter 14, verse 27, where Jesus said, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We thank you for promising to give all of us who feel worried, rushed, and pressured rest and peace for our souls. It will just come before you. Thank you, Lord, for you already know all that concerns us and you care. We're so grateful for your reminder that we don't have to carry it all on our own. Forgive us for the times that we've tried to fix things in our own power or not taken the time to rest or not come to you first with our needs and burdens. Thank you for seasons of refreshing that come from your spirit, filling us with joy covering us as a shield and leading us forward with hope. Help us to slow down, fix our eyes on you, and remember where our true peace and strength are found. In Jesus' name, amen.